Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'll tell you, I am fired up today because how about them bears? Dan Weederer. Dan Weederer from the Chicago Tribune again. Bears beat report and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. This story by Dan Weederer, it's obviously very well reported. Covering the Bears for 670 the score and 2400 sports. I listened to you guys talk to Dan Weederer and he's spot on pretty much for everything. You know, and I agree with everything he said. We want it to be a fast Friday and a fast focus Friday. Dan Weederer. His name is Dan Weederer. Weederer time. Weedsy. With Danny and Speeds. Weederer time. Bears. The Take the North pod. Dan Weederer talks football with you. Huh. For the first time, I heard the Shane Reardon version of the Dan Weederer via the Brad Biggs. Got a kick out of it. There's, there's times, Marshall Harris, where, you know, because of my, my involvement at the station here is not on the daily. So there's stuff out here like weeks after it maybe debuted or something like hey, you that. You find out about it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I just heard this thing. Wait, is that Shane doing the Dan Reader intro? I'll text Shane and kind of. So I'm cracking up about it. It's kind of like when you don't see a movie for a year. Right. And then it's like, oh, now it's streaming somewhere. It's new to you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you try to enjoy it at that moment. That was me the first time I heard the, uh, the Dan Weederer version of the Parkins and Spiegel Open. And speaking of Dan Weederer, this segment with Dan Weederer is brought to you by Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electric. For all the right reasons, call 866-4-SEASONS. Dan, what's happening, man? You got Anthony and Marshall. What's going on? Happy holidays, fellas. How are you? Happy holidays to you. Uh, I, I asked this question to Olin Krutz, and he frankly didn't give a very good answer because uh, he's got, <laughs> you know, 37 kids. Uh, what What is Is there a, a holiday purchase in the Dan Weederer past that, that you are most proud of? Anything you still puff your chest out about? Like, hey, remember, I, I got this one, and see, I, I made it happen on that one. Anything that stands out in your resume? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I may have to think about this. It's probably embarrassing that I can't come up with an answer either. Mm, I Like, okay. probably back in the day, I probably could have given you something back when I was uh, mm. without kids and, and, and had more time to <laughs> – to swing for the fences. Now it's just right. kind of getting there without getting in trouble, you know? Okay. I mean, you know, maybe maybe a lot of folks are just underperforming as gift purchases. Whoa, I don't know. Whoa, I don't know. Let's not throw that that. That. I, I don't know. I don't know Dan well enough. I mean, he seems like someone who would put an onus on himself. I to... don't know Dan well at all, but I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of a doubt and say okay. he's an awesome gift We're going to be talking to him for a while. Maybe he'll come up with a good example before we get done here. That, that's possible. I, I actually felt like I used to be much better at this. The, the football season screws up your yeah. holiday focus. In a lot of ways. And you know that as well as anybody. And it's just like you're trying to squeeze things into these little one and a half hour windows that you got. And 
Uh, next thing you know, you're on the road flying to Cleveland and you're like, ah, what happened to the weekend? You know, and then there, and, and then there you are. So th- I, I'm using that as a fallback excuse. Right. It's fair. It's fair with, <laughs> with the way the football tends to go around here. Well, we know how dejected the Bears locker room was after that loss to Cleveland. And, you know, I, I don't think it should be too surprising. It, it seems like maybe the tone of the locker room, the tone at Hallis Hall has maybe recovered a bit since then, but then you do still have some of the physical ailments as well. So physically and emotionally, where do you think the team is at right now preparing to take the field Sunday? I think physically they're in a great spot, particularly for this late in December. Obviously, Tevin Jenkins was ruled out today with the concussion that he suffered in the first half last week, and and we have to keep an eye on whether that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season. But other than that, I mean, you're, you're close to full strength on both sides of the ball, and that's pretty encouraging. Now, Early in the week, Ant, I was talking about how I was really curious to just kind of feel out the vibes at Hell's Hall and see how quickly they could kind of emotionally bounce back from what you mentioned was a, a totally dejecting loss in Cleveland. And I think they've done a really good job of that. I, I think they see an opportunity here Sunday at home against an interior, uh, inferior football team to go get back on the winning track and to go continue building the momentum that has been there in spurts. And and I, I think this team is ready to, to go take that challenge. When the week started, I wasn't sure they'd get there. Dan, I, I love the way the defense has been playing, right? Like you, you look at yeah. the first four games of the season compared to the last four games. It's, it's night and day. Can't say the same thing about the offense. So against this team that's uh, lacking uh, defensively, the Arizona Cardinals, what are you, what are your expectations? And, it seems like we should raise our expectations based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks because this should be an easier task for Luke Getze, Justin Fields, and the rest of the crew. Completely different puzzle that you're trying to put together than you were a week ago, whereas last week's was probably one of those 500-piecers that you th- throw right. out on the, the dining room table and try to <laughs> try to get it right. This is probably like a 75-piece puzzle that you can get done in 30 minutes if, you, if you're really focused. And so, um, look, the Cardinals, they're not good defensively, and – they have one of Matty Berflus' protégés running the show there and Jonathan Gannon. They worked together for three years in Indianapolis, and 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 he does some things schematically to disguise coverages that will will test you. But personnel-wise, they're just not there to be able to make it a long, long day for you. So you've got to make it a long day for them. For me, it starts with establishing the run. This Cardinals team hasn't been really very reliable at all in slowing down opposing running games. And so start there. Get it going with Justin. Get it going with one of those three backs, you know, I know you would like to mix them all, all three in, but you're going to have to identify one to kind of ride for a little while and use that to kind of build the momentum up and then hopefully unlock some of those explosive plays here and there with play action and, and some of the other things you can build off of uh, a successful running game. You mentioned the the run game there, and that's that's been as surprising to me as anything in recent weeks. And all three of, of the Bears' main backs have been banged up at different points throughout mm-hmm. the year. Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, and none of them, in my opinion, have really looked completely like themselves as they've been inserted back into the lineup in, in recent games. But the O-line hasn't seemed to to block up the run as, as frequently as well as they were earlier in the year either. What are your observations of the run game in particular and why it hasn't been as consistent as it was before? Yeah, it's a combination of those two things. I, I think both Herbert and Foreman have have, have been missing a little bit of that explosion that they had before both of them suffered injuries. You remember how gruesome that, that, that spill was that Herbert took in Washington in October. And and he just hasn't looked like the same guy since he's come back. I thought Foreman really gave them an identity there uh, for a stretch where it was just like, you could count on sticking the ball in his belly and he was going to move a a pile and he was getting obviously some good push up front. That push up front hasn't been there either. And I think probably one of the sort of underrated storylines of last weekend was when it took them all that time to score from the one yard line. 
they had several opportunities to run the football and they didn't move anybody, you know, and, and, and I think to some extent that spooks you where you should be. And, and, and I tried to press Luke Getzey on this on, on Thursday. And like, at, at what point do you find yourself establishing a bread and butter for third and short, fourth and short, something that you just know you can lean into and it's going to get you the first down and then you're going to get a new set of plays and you can go back to the call sheet and do whatever you want. They struggled in that regard. And then they started to get creative with things and the creativity didn't work and it, it fell apart. And we all know what the end result of the game was. And so um, I think you have to establish that confidence first and foremost by dedicating yourself to something and then having those guys up front open up some holes that so that you you know that if you put it in the the, the belly of a running back that he's going to get you two, three yards and move those sticks. I just want to stay with that offensive line for a second. Because I, I feel like we evaluate them and say, okay, they did a good job in this game and they didn't do a good job in that game. But I'm looking at who they're lining up against and the mm -hmm. caliber of the teams that they're going up against. To me, this Cleveland game was such a measuring stick yeah. because if you want to be good and compete with the best of the best, you've got to be able to, like you said, on first and goal from the one, get the job done in less than six, seven plays. Uh, how concerned are you about this line? And are we maybe giving them more credit than they deserve in, in terms of how good they are compared to the best in the league? Look, I think you just have to be reliable every single week to be considered a top tier line. I think this offensive line has made strides in the right direction miles ahead of where they were at the end of last year. And so you feel really good about the way Darnell Wright has played. You feel pretty good about what, Braxton Jones is able to give you, you know, Tevin when healthy has been one of the best linemen you've got. Well, now all of a sudden you've got to play that reshuffle game. And that, you know, that's been the problem for two years is getting continuity. Well, they've had continuity for the last month and that continuity didn't necessarily continue to build on what it was. You're right about the measuring stick game in Cleveland and that's for everybody on the offense. And that's why I think the end result of Sunday was so disappointing because this was your, your last chance to, 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 to play one of those measuring stick games, particularly offensively, to see where your progress report was and across like the progress report was uh, satisfactory or below, you know, if you, yeah. if you were bringing that home to your parents, you're like, Oh, I don't really want to show you this, but here's, here's the progress report of, of how we did in Cleveland. You know, it was a you unsatisfactory. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's all that needs to be right. said. Cause like you look at these last three games and, and no matter what they do, you're not going to be like, Oh, that's so great. Maybe against green Bay. Cause it's green Bay, but that's yeah. like, yeah. The rivalry aspect of it. you got two more home games coming up here yeah. against teams that can be had but that opponent especially with the opportunity to win it in Cleveland because no offense has looked pretty in Cleveland but you go back to the early game Lamar Jackson earlier in the season yardage numbers weren't great but two touchdown passes two touchdown runs Baltimore defense shuts down the Browns and they leave there with a victory Every other quarterback, every other offense has gotten embarrassed in Cleveland. You know, whether yeah. you're talking Trevor Lawrence or Undressed. Brock Purdy or, you know, Ryan Tannehill, a veteran. I mean, everybody has been awful when they go to Cleveland, but there was a chance to come out with a win, and, and they weren't able to finish that off. This segment with Dan Reederer is brought to you by your local Ford dealer. Shop now at buyford.com. And the, the big picture stuff, and when I, when I was on earlier in the week, it was, I think it was either, no, yeah, it was the following day after you had the back and forth with Lawrence and Dan, and it would kind of put the blame pie thing in my head a little bit. <laughs> and as, as I talked about it a Doesn't bit. Doesn't taste so good, does it? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and it can be difficult to kind of choke it down sometimes. And, you know, yeah. the, the context of all of it is what really intrigues me because beyond this season, whether it is, you know, Justin Fields and a drafted QB, or if it's they trade Justin and they draft a QB, or if it happens to be Justin, to me, by comparison to, I was talking to Marshall about this a little bit earlier in the show, there are teams around the league that 
for decades now, find a way to just stay in the mix without necessarily saying we were able to just draft that one guy who fixed all of our ails. As you cover the, the Bears on a daily and a yearly basis, by comparison to you know Philadelphia or Dallas or San Francisco or Pittsburgh, or there, there's, there's franchises in football that have done a lot of winning for decades without kind of having that one seminal guy behind center that sure. just gets it all right. How do you feel like the Bears are beginning to stack up in the infrastructure of, of developing and insulating whomever the quarterback is moving forward? Well, two parts to this, and the first and foremost part is is the the best formula in the NFL is to find that one guy <laughs> and find that engine that can can be the guy that takes you to the playoffs every single year, wins your divisions. You see historically that those are the teams that are in the mix, you know, ten times out of twelve years, and and that's what the Bears are striving to become. A couple months after Ryan Poles took the job as general manager, I had a really good sit down with him at the owners' meetings, and and you got to remember he had a, an up close view to watch the development of Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. after they went all in and said, Hey, this is our guy, you know, and remember they, they were picking late twenties and they traded up, identified Mahomes, got him at 10 and then turned him into one of the best that's ever and played me, the game. Let me actually, let me, let me ask you a quick follow-up on that before you go all the way down the, the Ryan Paul's observation, because I'm my, your observation on that may be different than mine. I'm curious. I feel like it is, I feel like it's somewhat rare where a team finds the one guy who's exceptional for a decade and they just went all the time with that. Would, would you disagree that that's maybe no, not the exception? It, 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 it's, it's super rare, but it's okay. super rare to, to win in general. You right, know? So, but, right, okay. Like, I think why this conversation gets more dynamic and interesting right now at this point in history in Chicago is because of what they're sitting on with the number yeah. one pick and the opportunity to have their pick out of a class where a lot of people think that you've got, you know, four or five up there that you can consider. I think it's, it's a really a two horse race from people I talked to between Caleb and may. And then there's a little bit of a drop off to McCarthy and, and Penix and Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so like, you got to go do your homework and, and you got to determine, do you believe that one of these guys is that guy, that engine of a championship race? Now I, I tweeted out earlier in the week that Ryan Poles has blessed himself with currency, both in the draft and free agency to be able to build up the roster and take on, uh, you know, a number one overall pick quarterback. If he wants to do so, you can still take the number five overall prospect in a draft where you also get the top quarterback prospect of the class, which is a rare, rare, rare opportunity. And so as rare as it is to find those guys, they're sitting at one of those moments in time where you have an opportunity to do it, you know? And so you cannot, cannot, cannot squander that opportunity if it's there for you. Um, look, like somebody from this class is probably going to emerge and, and be a guy that that is a franchise-changing quarterback. Now, to to the other part of things, setting up the, the developmental infrastructure, mm-hmm. Ryan better have had a plan for that also because he's lived through these last two years the way we lived through these two years. And he understands the frustration. And we've had an opportunity uh, on the road at times to sit, you know, one row in front of him in the press box and feel his frustration when there's a fist that hits the table or a, a play isn't made. And, and and so like, you have to be thinking about this at all times and figuring out, okay, if, and when we pivot after the season with our coaching staff, what are we looking for? And what, who are we trying to pair with who, and how do we set this up in a way where if we do decide to go in a new direction with the quarterback, or if we, even if we decide to stay with Justin, we're setting up a, a developmental launching pad. I keep using that phrase here uh, down the stretch of the season, and they've got to figure out what that looks like. I don't obviously think that it's it's what, what they're doing now. Um, and so, like, it would stun me if they stayed in in the same course they're on now with with Luke as their OC and and even Matt as the as their head coach. Because if you're going to basically get rid of your offensive coordinator, it's going to be very hard to attract any high level candidates to a 
offensive coordinator job that is potentially for a, a head coach who's on thin ice, right? And so this is a complicated puzzle here, but it's a wonderful opportunity. And I think if Ryan Poles plays his cards right and he and his staff do their homework correctly, they can find the combination of player and infrastructure that takes this franchise to the heights that we have not experienced since the eighties. And that's why I say, you know, repeatedly the last couple of weeks, if we can all just stop yelling at each other for a minute, there's an opportunity here to see a big picture where this looks really, really potentially bright for the Chicago bears. And that should make everyone feel really good as they go into their Christmas holiday. I just, Yes, the, you bring up a lot of positive <laughs> possibilities, Dan. I, you Talk know to what? me, Marshall. Talk it, to me. The holiday cheer is better than holiday jeers, which is what I'm loaded season. with, if, as Ant knows Santa all day. I, I'm not saying I don't believe in this team. I'm sorry. That's not right. I'm not saying I don't believe in this front You are office. saying you don't believe in this team. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> I, I just – tremendous opportunity. And if they blow it, we're back to square one. And people would say, but we've always been at square one. Mm. And that's that, that's the reality, and the impatience grows. And <sighs> do you believe that this is the, the right group to lead this team forward when you talk about the Kevin Warren Ryan Bowles? Like, I don't even know who would be making the decision at the end of the season. A, to re- retain Matt Eberflus and or members of his staff. Or B, who would be doing hiring and whether that would be from a quote-unquote pool of candidates. Help me understand how this is going to play out if the Bears, let's say, win their last three games. Is everybody coming back? Is it that simple? No, it's definitely not that simple. Okay. It's a very complex riddle okay. here. And, and, and so you've got guys at the top of the organization here. Kevin Warren was brought in so that when you get to the end of a season like this, you don't have to get on your phone and dial up Bill Polian or Ernie Acorsi and tell you and ask them, hey, should we fire our, our staff? And if so, do you got a list of guys that we should look at? Like Kevin is is in oversight of Ryan Poles and they work in lockstep and their offices are side by side. And, and, and certainly you would hope here on December 22nd that they've had conversations about options. If we go down road a, this is what it looks like road B. This is what it looks like road C. This is what it looks like. And so those are going to be the guys at the controls. Now, now do you trust them? Uh, you know, that's up to each individual audience member to make that decision. I think that you have a, a firm infrastructure in place with those two guys to unite on a vision and not have to, um, bring in outsiders to to tell you the flaws that are going on with your football team and your organization. And that's a huge plus that hasn't existed here uh, in the recent past. And so those guys will, will put together a plan and then we'll have to um, get a lot of time with them to hear them explain the decisions they made and why they made those decisions. I think obviously you guys know the quarterback decision is, is, is one of the, the biggest ones, but head coach is also huge there. And so you've got to f- kind of marry those decisions up and figure out what direction takes you uh, down a path that can allow you to compete for, for multiple NFC North championships in the next five years that can put you in the playoffs eight times in the next 10, you know, this is, this is the goal. And our, the goal here isn't to, you know, occasionally have a team that's playoff ready and and makes a splash and we all get happy for a year and then it regresses that's what we've lived for for 30 plus years it's time to go in a new direction and find that and so uh that's the formula they that they've got to decide on let me let me let me let me go smaller i know that was big the way i, I presented that <laughs> so let me go smaller do you see a path for luke getsy to return to this team as the no, offense I, I, like just just because of what i said no i don't i don't because like thank you, you that, that's you all have... I, I just make sure i'm not crazy dan <laughs> i want to make sure i'm not crazy okay no, 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 nobody is, has uh, has been propping that up in, in any way, shape or form for the longest time. I, my, my whole 
pushback on on the, the knee-jerk reaction that has kind of swept the, the city for the last seven or eight weeks is, is that it's just been exaggerated in terms of what Anthony talked about earlier in the blame pie and how big the slice that Luke owns is. I, I think there's a reason that Joe Burrow signed a $275 million extension. I think there's a reason why we spend February, March, and April every year talking in depth about the quarterback class of every draft class. It's the, it's the engine that makes the league go. It's the, the, the thing that, that takes, you know, good teams and turns them into championship contenders. And so you can't take your eye on off the ball there. The offense coordinator obviously plays a role in, in how successful that quarterback is, but the quarterback ultimately has to be the elevator. And I think through 35 games here, uh, there hasn't been a lot of evidence that Justin has reached that state that, that he is going to be the guy that is the engine that takes you, you know, can he be a, a starter on a occasional playoff team. Absolutely. And he's going to get that opportunity uh, somewhere here, elsewhere or otherwise, but is he, has he shown enough as an NFL level passing quarterback to, to unlock the doors to the heights that you're trying to get to? I think through 35 games, the answer is no. And, and do you think it can change? That's up to, to the people upstairs to, to decide. And here, Dan Weeder at all times on the take the North podcast with our guy, David Hall. As well, we'll sneak one more quick one in with you here as well, Dan, because I haven't I haven't researched it myself, but I've for a while now at least discussed the possibility, maybe not plausibility, but possibility of of Justin Fields returning with a drafted QB. That to me seems like the way a lot of teams would do in moving on from a previously drafted QB. I, I don't feel like you see a lot of former first round QBs traded when someone brings in a first round pick and you get a haul back in return. How how plausible do you think it, it could be that Justin Fields would be back with a newly drafted QB? It seems like the most implausible of all the scenarios yeah. you have. And, and one of the reasons, I think, is because, like, first of all, you'd have to try to find precedent of some situation where drafting a quarterback to push your incumbent starter has suddenly taken the incumbent starter to new heights. I don't think it's out there. I can do more history research and see that. You're essentially – casting a vote of no confidence in your current quarterback if you go out and draft the quarterback with the right. number one overall pick and at that point what's the point like we did this with with Mitch Trubisky in 2020 and the Bears didn't have the resources to work with like they have this offseason and they brought in Nick Foles to compete with them and then because COVID hit Nick didn't win the job in training camp and then Mitch went into the season basically with the, the coaching staff just waiting to pull the plug on him and three weeks into the season they pulled the plug on him and then Foles had a little bit of success and then he regressed and then they went back to Mitch and it, you know you're just setting yourself up for a lack of continuity and stability that gets dizzying for everybody in the building but uh, we do, if, if, I mean we do often enough see like veteran placeholder QB as the rookie is sort of phased in. That's, that, that, but, but that's, yeah, but, Ju Justin is not that. Yeah. Justin is not, you know, Alex Smith. Justin is not, you know, one of those long in the tooth veterans that's got He's so not much Andy experience. Dalton. It's not Josh McCown <laughs> or Andy Dalton or, you know, the guys that, that can, can be a, a vast wealth of, of knowledge and, mm -hmm. and, and basically be there to be that support system rather than be there to be the competitor. I just, I, I don't, I don't see any scenario in which that works. I could be wrong. Maybe they, maybe they're considering that at house hall, but that just seems like you'd be setting yourself up uh, particularly in this city for uh, an unending <laughs> amount of noise that would, would cause a quite a bit of chaos. And Dan, I, I think just to echo your point, the other thing is Justin Fields exists in like, the way the way players are now compared to the way players used to be, like agents get involved, and I 
I, I just can't yeah, see right, that right. playing out as mm. smoothly as one would imagine it on paper. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, uh, Marshall. And it's interesting. You guys go back to that Cleveland game as being one of those tests also. And I heard Owen say something uh, an hour or so ago that it, it actually overlapped with a, a conversation I had earlier in the week. And, and I talked with someone that said, look, like, all these games that that you play within the, the course of a season can't be treated as equals. And so for a young quarterback that you're trying to uh, gauge on, on where his ceiling is, you want to see what does he do against the the coordinators that know how to screw him up, you know? And so it's Todd Bowles, it's, it's Spagnolo, it's Brian Flores, it's Jim Schwartz. All four of those guys in five games against the Bears took the Bears and made them super uncomfortable. They pressured in a lot of different ways, and Justin didn't rise up above that to make the plays to win games. They snuck out of Minnesota with a win because the defense played their butts off, and and Justin was able to get the ball back one more time after fumbling twice in the fourth quarter to get the game-winning drive. But you look at those five games, and you go, man, like there's there's evidence in there that he's just not there to, to, to be able to elevate the entirety of the group and when you understand that to get to the playoffs every season, it's a tightrope from one end to the other. You can't afford a, a couple wobbly steps or a fall or you're down at the bottom walk, looking up at everybody else who's who's on the playoff platform. And, and that was the case Sunday in Cleveland where you had a chance to keep your playoff hopes alive. You had opportunities with the game in your quarterback's hands and you couldn't you couldn't meet those moments. And so we spent the entire next week arguing about a five and nine football team that has uh, n- no place to go, you know, and, and instead of saying, wow, this game this very winnable game at home as favorites against the Cardinals gives you a chance to get yourself thick in the wild card race. And that's the, how thin the margin is in this league. And it's what the bears are living with. <laughs> Dang. There's a, a lot of squads around football that just right there in that same, will they or won't they Ross Rachel kind of vibe. It's, it's a bad league. <laughs> come down it's, the it's a lot of bad teams in this league. They're hanging out, hanging around. There, there's a lot of just, okay. There's some excellent, yeah. there's some really bad and the bears just lingering around. Okay. They're fine. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, Dan Wiederer, as always, thanks for your time, man. Outstanding stuff. Look forward to talking to you again. Happy holidays. You got it, fellas. Enjoy your weekend. All right, that is Dan Weeder of the Take the North podcast and frequent appearances here throughout the week on The Score. Are you ready to talk some Bulls yet? I've been ready to talk Bulls. I, All right. I like, All right. I like positive thoughts <laughs> on my Friday evening as I head into the weekend. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let's do that. We will transition, talk some hoopage with the Bulls coming off of another victory last night that you heard here on The Score. And uh, we were just a few minutes away from talking down there on Mayberry. We'll get the uh, the full scene and the full vibe for everyone who's there covering the Bulls on a daily basis. This is the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Anthony Heron and Marshall Harris in for Danny and Matt on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The afternoon show. The police of 670. The score. Afternoons on the score. 59-58 Bulls. Ooh, Kobe against Wimpanyama with a layup. Oh, my goodness. That was a crossover sidestep and explosion to the rim under the big fella. I love it. You heard that right here. Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score. Chuck and Bill on the call. Another win last night. Bulls take down the Spurs 114 to 95. Another excellent game for Kobe White, 22 points in that one. And this this stretch of games now, what is it, seven and three over the last ten or eight and three over the last eleven now, something like that. Where they they've just been getting it done, man. And so the the record is still well under 513 and 17 on the season. But, but trending in the right direction. They were yeah. they were five and fourteen. Mm-hmm. And when you say like, oh, they've won eight of their last eleven, I just want to I want to walk people through this so they can really contextualize what's going on right yeah. now, because they had lost five in a row, and then Zach Levine goes down, they come back, they beat the Bucks at home. Mm-hmm. That's a good win, right? Right. They beat Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, then they beat the Hornets, which is a whatever team okay. at San Antonio. Road wins are good, but let's be honest, San Antonio is awful. Antonio. Yeah. Uh, they lose to the Bucks. One of those losses to the Bucks in Milwaukee in overtime. Right when the Bucks were obviously going to be ticked off because they had just recently lost to the Baby Bulls. Then they lose the second of a back-to-back at home. The next night they had to play after an overtime loss to the Nuggets, the defending champions. Now Nikola Jokic fouled out of that game. Mm-hmm. Quick, uh, did, early. Uh, sorry, not, didn't foul out. Was ejected. Was ejected. Yes, yeah. uh, the one tech ejection, as they call it. Hmm. Um, and then they beat the Heat in Miami. Lose to the Heat on a Jimmy Butler game-winning shot at the buzzer mm-hmm. in Miami. Then they go to Philadelphia and beat Joel Embiid, who's on a monster tear yeah, as the reigning MVP. MVP. He's trying to go back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Come home, beat LeBron, AD, and the healthy Lakers, and then they beat the Spurs. Now, here, here's why that's big. So their three losses are the Bucks on the road, the Nuggets at home on a second of a back-to-back, and then at Miami on a game winner by Jimmy Butler. They've got quality wins mixed in in that 11-game stretch, and their next four games are all at home. They could be a 500 team in four games. And it, it just feels odd to hear you say that out loud and, and have it be believable. Yeah. This isn't just some, If you've you know, been watching them, you'd be like, yeah. that is believable. Their next four games, they've got Cleveland, Atlanta, Indiana, Philadelphia, all at home. And this isn't completely some Christmas miracle. It, it's obvious what's different the pace they're playing with on offense, the the way they're sharing the rock and moving the basketball, the the connectivity on defense shows up so frequently, and the communication on defense. I mean, you know, Alex Caruso, when he's out there, he's an, an amazing communicator on defense, but you see everyone now sort of cohesively responding to that, especially in critical moments like the end of the Sixers game with Embiid with the ball in his hands and just the way that like in and out over and over again, multiple players are just pressing him into making a decision, and then he makes a decision and ends up being the wrong one because of the way their defense is able to react together in the moment. And it's all come together so well, 
And so I, I, I'm not of the opinion that it should be ignored that this is without Zach Levine. That's obviously a pivotal part of the storyline. Right. Because I, it's I, a fact. Yeah. And, you know, my hope is different than what I feel like the, the conversation around it has become because the conversation around it is, well, you know, Zach wanted out, which I, I try to remind folks. I was reminding Speaks of this a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, Zach is willing to be traded. This is in response to the Bulls frequently seeking to trade Zach Levine. And now apparently Zach and Clutch Sports have reportedly said, cool, you want to trade me? Fine. Zach's willing to be traded. Let's see what's out there. But this isn't Zach Levine beating down AK's door like, get me up out of here. No, no. Zach never said, I'm requesting a trade request. Mm -hmm. He said he's open to being traded. And you know what? If your team starts off two and five, (laughs) and then they win a couple more games, and you look up, and you're four and nine, and then you look up, and you're five and 14, I mean, if you want to trade me, I'm not going to hate it if you can get me – like, if you can get me to L.A. Right. Where I can – you know, those, and the, and if they've been shopping you, I, I think that that's the yeah, part that's important yeah. in this as well. Where the Bulls over the off season and then with the struggles early in the season, we're shopping Zach Levine. This ain't new to it. And, and then Zach and his people say, "Sure, let, let's do, let's do it. Go ahead and trade me." That's that's the the sequence of events here that I don't think should be ignored because, and to me, it's not it's not about you know again just like with Justin Fields, Zach Levine is not without blame in this scenario, but the context of it is important. Just like the context of the Bears running an offense that most of us on the outside obviously knew didn't suit Justin Fields early in the season. I think that context is important in evaluating who will be in place moving forward to try and develop the next quarterback in Chicago. That's where, to me, Zach Levine and where he's at with the Bulls right now, the context of that is important because I'm not of the belief that the franchise, especially seeing the way they're playing right now and – it's very easy to start and paint Zach Levine as some sort of a malcontent because that's what we're accustomed to seeing around the NBA. But that's not what or who he's been in Chicago. He hasn't been Kyrie. He hasn't been James Harden. We've seen other, you know, excellent talents, players who are of more acclaim than Kawhi. Zach Levine has gotten Kawhi, where teams that now, you know, teams don't haven't necessarily gotten better when Kawhi has left. That was the direction I was going with this. But, you know, where, you know, we've seen where Kyrie, James Harden, where teams have gotten better after they've left, frankly, just their vibe has thrown things off. And the way they play doesn't necessarily suit everyone. I'm not of the impression that Zach Levine can't work with this. His skill set fits what they do. Certainly Bottom line. So it's just a matter of being selective in the decisions that you're making on offense. Mm. That's that's all this comes down to. And I, I'm I'm excited to see and I anticipate that he will things will go much smoother than fans expect. Is or I'm sorry, the Zach Levine naysayers, if mm-hmm. you will. The people who are saying get Zach Levine out of town. Mm-hmm. Get get what you can for him. Uh like, you know why? What one of my what, why why just, you know, cast all that that ability aside if if he's not necessarily kicking down the door to, to run up out of here, and if he's not out there, you know, being some sort of a cancer you know why? in the locker room. You want to know why? why? All they see is that big money, and they see the lack of production in what they say. Yeah. Well, I see what Joel B does every night, mm-hmm. and I see what, you know, some of these other – Luka Doncic does every night, mm-hmm. and Zach Levine isn't putting those numbers up in a winning effort. He's not as good as him. And I would just say, chill. <laughs> Relax. All the things I would never say to my girlfriend, I'm going to say to these fans. So one of my favorite words, yet overused words, but yet fitting words 
that exists in our lexicon when it comes to sports is the word casual. Ah. He's a casual. All right, yeah. There's a lot of uh, casuals out here. Uh, the beautiful thing about what the Bulls are doing right now compared to what the Bears are doing right now is, to a casual, they understand what the Bulls are doing and what's going on. Mm. To the Bears fans, if you're a casual, you're just you're you're. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> it's gonna be tough explaining why yeah. things have gone the way they've gone. Yeah, right. But anybody who watched like game by game the Bulls, they're like, I see the light at the end of that tunnel. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Bears, you're like. Can somebody find the light switch? <laughs> and there's are, are a lot of casuals. Because it's looking real dark out let, here. <laughs> let's be honest. Like, you and I get paid to know about the sports, to talk about the sports, to be able to understand what's going on, to comprehend, to nuance it, all of those things. Most people, it's just an escape for them. And, mm-hmm. like, I just want to see my team do well because right. I had a long day at work. And yeah. give me something to be joyous about. Mm-hmm. And the joy has not been here in the city of Chicago. And thank goodness, the Chicago Bulls, yeah. this December, as we approach Christmas, the new year. In the year of our be, Lord, 2023. And tr- hopefully 2024. <laughs> All right. Giving Fingers us, crossed, man. Fingers giving crossed. us something to be excited about. Yeah. And that's where we are right now. With the Bulls, and I just want to make all the casuals happy. It, it is a fun brand of basketball to watch the way that they've been playing without Zach Levine and the the sustainability of it. Uh, I, I think you know. Here's here's what and I, I've got a thought specifically about Kobe White that I want to share before okay. we get to Darnell Maybear. Let's take a timeout. Come back. I want to discuss specifically Kobe White and to some extent Patrick Williams as well, but especially Kobe White and this version of him that we're seeing. And I'd be curious for your thoughts on that. Then we'll talk to Darnell Maybear in a few minutes. I'm going to grab a quick bite in this commercial break, though, because I'm very hungry. There should be food on the way here. It's Anthony Heron and Marsha Harris in for Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. This is the Parkins Spiegel Show. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. On the score. 
The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mark Wahlberg's here. Chicago, we love you, baby. Come on. Afternoons on the score. Yeah, I think it's very important because, like AC was saying the whole night, you're not going to shoot 50% from the three-point line every night. you got to embrace the challenge, embrace what's going on. Uh, AC just kept kept telling us that, kept telling us that. And uh, it's obvi- obviously, you're not like he said, you're not going to shoot the, shoot the ball exceptionally well every night. Uh, so we got to find ways to win. And, and I think it's important that we, we try to figure out those ways to win and, and stuff that we can always just hang our hat on to help us get wins. That's how Kobe White sounded after the game last night, just sort of coolly, calmly, sitting in his locker, addressing the assembled media like a, a seasoned vet. I mean, he is a seasoned vet. Like, a, like an old head, you know, just just holding court after he left the court. How, how, old, how old do you think Kobe White is? Um, good question. So the, the, last, the last game before the COVID shutdown, me, my wife, our son, my nephew, we all went out to the game at the UC, and it was Kobe White's rookie season. And he had like a nice game, kind of at least a nice stretch within the game where none of us really knew what Kobe White was yet. We just knew he was a lottery pick for the Bulls, the latest lottery pick for the Bulls. We're trying to figure out whether or not he's going to develop into something special or not. And so that was his rookie year after one year. I'm going to say mid-20s, I guess. Man's only 23 years old. 23. Exactly. Wow, I'm thinking you like good 25, nope. you know. 23. So when you put that in perspective, uh-huh. and, that, and that's what the problem is with a lot of people in their judgment of NBA players specifically, they come in so young. Yeah. And they're, they're playing, like, you know, Andre Drummond, he just turned 30. Right. Like. And he is the elder statesman on the team. Like he, I mean, between him, you know, Vooch like or whatever he feels team, right? like he feels like an old man. Right. But he's not. Right. He's, he's uh-huh. super young. He's NBA old, but he's really not old old. Not, uh-huh. not, not at all. And so with Kobe specifically, this stretch that he's on right now, like, when you put it in perspective of, hey, you're a guy who needs to take a step forward. When Zach Levine went down, he was averaging 11 points a game, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's got that average up to 17.6 just over the last chunk, yeah. 11 games. Right. He's averaging 24 points a game. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 47% from three. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that's, those are crazy good numbers. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so Kobe White has taken a major step in a very short period of time, and and watching him do that, the level of production that we've seen from Kobe White, I feel like not only does the style of play from Zach Levine need to morph, need to adjust into what we've heard Billy Donovan talking about for a while now. Of you know, basically what Billy's been describing for two years is what we're finally seeing play out over the last eleven games. So, I. Good on you, Billy, for for coaching and and strategizing and and making this play out in this way since Zach has not been here. My issue with the coach, with Billy Donovan, has been where he does a great job when he gets to the podium postgame, and he has for years now, in describing what they weren't doing well and and what maybe they should have tried instead or or what set should have been run or who should have gotten the ball. My thing is, Billy, you're – you're the coach, man. Like, you know, if if the offense should have been running more frequently through Vooch last season, then call a timeout and remind Debo and Zach that Vooch is one of their teammates and Vooch has better court vision than either one of them and then put him back on the court and, and see if they're willing to do that. And that, to me, is where Billy sounded too much like a passenger in, like, in the sidecar of the, of the DeMar and Zach show too frequently. So now that... You know, the, again, the initial game or game or two was without either DeMar or Zach. Now, Debo has come back in, and he has just morphed directly into just being an enhancement 
on what the the young players and what the the side characters were starting to do there. And so credit to DeMar DeRozan for that. And Joe Cowley has reminded me multiple times that that is what DeMar was willing to do, like you were talking about in San Antonio previously. Zach has never shown an acumen for playing exceptionally well in this version of basketball. But I put the onus not only on Zach, I put the onus on Billy Billy Donovan Donovan to make sure that that's what's being executed when Zach adds himself back into this. His ability to catch and shoot, his ability to be out in the open court, and having this version of Kobe White, that to me is critical in Zach being added back into this because Stacey King was on the station talking about it the other day. But yeah, we're, we're years removed from Lonzo Ball being the decision maker for the Bulls on the court. And, you know, hopefully he's, you know, it seems far-fetched. Hopefully he's able to return at some point, whether for the Bulls or someone else. But that being said, they haven't added another Lonzo Ball type into this mix. So it's put so much more on Zach and DeMar to be volume players and decision makers. And that's not Zach's specialty. But somebody else just run with Zach in the open court. Somebody else just set Zach up for catch and shoot in the half court. Kobe White is now showing more of an ability to to do that and also hunt up his own shot. He's become an exceptional decision maker and playmaker. You add this, this agency that we've now seen from Kobe White with Zach sitting out watching it play out. To me, that should be exciting. Not only for those of us on the outside to think, what could this be with Zach as a part of this, as an addition to this with his skills? The Bulls. AK and Eversley should be excited about this as well. I don't know for sure if they are. Oh no, or they not. are. They are excited about it. You think is, so? Absolutely. There was a reason why during the off season they're like <clears throat> Javon Carter, Tory Craig. We're good. There's a reason why because okay. they saw the potential. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing was like potential will get you fired. <laughs> and 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 certainly that's where we were headed when they were five and fourteen. Right. But now. The Zach injury, a blessing in disguise, whatever you want to say. But I, and, and Billy alluded to it. He might not have ever been right this season with that foot. Mm. And so that's why some of the things, it, it wasn't adding up in terms of his level of play. So I, I will say this. The best thing about these last five games, they've won four out of their last five, three in a row, uh, heading into tomorrow night. It's the fact that DeMar DeRozan, this is how many shots, field goal attempts he's had. 14, 13, 15, 16, 15. Right there in the teens, a nice mm-hmm. little sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Before that, yeah, games 30, 24, 20. He doesn't have to do that anymore. Right. And he's he is older in <laughs> yeah. NBA years, 34 NBA, years old. Yeah. There's a reason he scored as many points as he has. I think now he's comfortable with the agency that Kobe has taken and demonstrated over the last 11 games. Patrick Williams looks like a guy who actually wants the ball in his hands and right. not just an option. It's like, I'm going to get mines. Hmm. If Patrick Williams wants to get his and Kobe White's running the show, I got all the faith in this world. This team can compete with anyone. Sign me up for that, man. I I think it should be a really exciting time to see this version of Bulls basketball and to know a player with the skill set of Zach Levine will still have the potential to be added back into. We'll keep this conversation rolling. Let's talk to Darnell Mayberry on the other side of this break and see what does he think the, the, the chemical makeup of the locker room that we're seeing right now, how well can that coexist with Zach Levine once he gets the uniform back on. That and more, the final hour coming up of the Parkins and Spiegel Show. Anthony Heron and Marshall Harris in for Danny and Matt on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.